Amen and amen. We should give it up for everybody watching online right now. Hey, love you guys. Thank you so much. Engage. Give us some comments. Tell us, tell us your name. Tell us where you're watching from. We'd love to connect with you. Church, I uh, heard some news on the way to church this morning. It's crazy. This will sound insane, but just bear with me. I heard that Krispy Kreme, you know those amazing donuts that melt in your mouth? You know what I'm talking about. I heard that Krispy Kreme has a new formula. The donuts taste the same. They're still awesome. But actually, now when you eat a Krispy Kreme donut, you don't gain weight. You lose weight. I mean, isn't that amazing? I mean, how many is excited about that, that you'd like that? They're, okay, a lot of people lie in this church. I get it. You're sinners. So, yeah, you're clapping, I guess. Yes! Both my hands are up. Bring it on. Now, is it true? No. I wish I could say it was true, but it's not. But here's why I say it. When you hear good news, that, that would be good news for me. When you hear good news, like, you want that good news to be true, don't you? Let's, let, me, let me drill it down so it's more personal for you. If I tell you in this envelope is $100, and, and, like, someone in the room is going to get $100. Like, if I tell you that, like, is that good news? Yes. Now, is it good news for everybody in the room? No, maybe not everybody in the room. If you're watching online, it's really not good news for you. But anyway, we love you. So, um, but it's good news, right? If it's true. If it's true. I don't know. We should see if it's true. I'm just kind of. <laughs> just open that, will you? Just open it. You ain't got to say a word. You ain't got to do a word. Now, if it's true, it's good news for her. If it's not, then it's not good news for you. I'm going to make you say if it's true or not. So that's all you got to say. It's ten. Is it true? She's holding up some cash. So it is true. It is true. So, and that's good news for her, right? So that's good news. Now, let's get, let's get crazy, Jake. Give me a, give me a. All right. In here is $100 for all of you. Everybody's like, Martha, we picked a good weekend to come to church. Yeah, yes, you did. Yes, you did. So in here's 100 bucks for everybody. Now, if that's true, that's good news for all people in here, right? If it's not, not so much. We should see. Dan, just open that up, like right here. Drum roll. <laughs> Christmas vacation. Anyway, is it true? It's not true. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not true. I know. It's crushing, isn't it? So I'm never coming back to this church. Anyway, so um, it is not true. But if it was, what do you guys think I am, Buffett? I could barely do 100. So anyway, um, God, I wish we, so here's the thing. Why do I say all that? Oh, the opposite is true as well. When you hear bad news, you hope it's not true, right? Like, like when I, I grew up in a small town and when we heard bad news, like, when we heard the word, when I was driving with my friends in a car down Main Street, we'd drive back and down a car, or back down Main Street like 575 times on a Friday night, because that's what you do in a small town. When we did that, sometimes, now, any students, Jake, I've already told you, don't do what your dad did growing up. A lot of things that you should not do, learn from my mistakes. So, but we would drink adult beverages sometimes in a small town, because there wasn't much else to do. I'm sorry, I'm just telling you, this is pre-Jesus. So we would do that, and when we'd pass a cop, we'd freeze. Like, we'd be like, cop, cop's coming. So we just, like, freeze. Like I'm sure the cop's like, my gosh, those guys are stiff as boards. I wonder what they're doing. You know, we're just, like, barely, you know. So he passes, and bad, here's the bad news. If one of the guys in our car said, we got cherries, you know what that meant? Anybody know what I'm saying? You know what cherries are? Cherries, got to be the older generation. Cherries means that the cop just turns the lights on. 
You're getting pulled over, and it's a bad day for you. And that was horrible, sinking news. That happened to me more than once. And that, so, so when you hear bad news, you hope it's not true. Okay, why do we say all this? Because from the very first day that Jesus entered into the world um, as a human being, it was declared as good news. It was declared as good news for all people. Like Luke, in Luke 2.10, we could put it up. It says, the angel declares, said, don't be afraid, don't freak out, shepherds. I know you don't see an angel every day talking to you, but here, I'm gonna tell you, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. So the good news brings great joy, right? For all people. Here's what I wrote down. This is a question. So if everyone wants to believe the good news is true, Right? We want to believe good news is true. Any good news. And the Christmas story is good news that is true. Why doesn't everybody lean into it? Like, why, why are there so many people leaning away from it? In fact, you could argue that there are, and you don't have to argue this, it's a fact. Most people aren't leaning towards Christianity. They're leaning away from it. So why is that? I mean, we just, we just got to learning that, okay, there's good news. Something happened on that day. And it's good news and it's true news. Why would, I wrote down, for some reason, people are believing it's not good news. Like, why aren't people flooding to, to stories of Christmas and stories of, I mean, they're going to gather for Christmas, probably, and they're going to celebrate a word called Christmas, a holiday. But a lot of people aren't celebrating the center of the, the holiday, the good news that the shepherds declared. Why is that? Here's what I contend. For many, it's not because it's not because of Jesus. I, as a pastor, I've never met anybody that said, you know, pastor, I'm leaving the faith. I'm leaving Christianity. I, I went to the church and I love the church people. They were so nice to me and they were good. And I love the gravel roads that I come to get to the church. I love it all. But that Jesus, I can't stand that Jesus. He's such a jerk. I just can't believe this guy. Who does he think he is? You know, turning water into wine. What is he, promoting drinking? I don't know what the deal is, you know? So, but no one's ever told me they've walked away because of Jesus. You know why they either never came in the first place or walked away? Because of people, right? Maybe because of someone who raised them and taught them something. Maybe because of a friend who told them something. Maybe because of people in a car on a Friday night driving up and down Main Street. Uh, they did certain things that were, were not of Jesus. Maybe because of something they, they, they've been told, something they've said, something they believed. Maybe because of a church. Got hurt by a church. Go figure. Happens all the time. Got hurt by a pastor. Got hurt by somebody. A person. They just probably didn't get hurt by Jesus. That's all I know. Just know this. Regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what somebody tells you, originally the good news of Jesus on that day, it was good news for all people. It was for all people, and it was good, and it was true. And, and what's so crazy about that statement, to say, to say it's for all people, that's radical, especially 2,000 years ago, but that's radical today. I don't care, it, nothing could make everybody happy at the same time in our world, nothing. I don't care what the news is. You won't, be, it won't be good to all people. Don't care what it, it doesn't matter. It won't be. The birth of Jesus was like, it was good news for the Jews. Jesus was a Jew. Good news for the Jewish people. It was good news for the Gentiles. A Gentile is somebody who's not a Jew. Most of you would be Gentiles, right? So um, it was good news for the Romans. They were the enemy of the Jews. It was good news for Romans. It was good news for Samaritans. Half Jew, half Gentile. It was good news for all people. Why it was so insane, and why that's so insane is because up to this point, like, Jesus changed everything. Up to this point, all they had to go by for news 
was really their, their, the word from God. The Old Testament, right? The, the law, the prophets, that's all they had. And that wasn't necessarily good news for all people. Like in Luke 16, 16, look what Luke writes. This is key. He says, until John the Baptist, so that's Jesus' cousin, John, until he came on the scene, the law of Moses and the messages from the prophets, like the Old Testament, they were your guides. They were, they, they're, they're gonna tell you what you should and shouldn't do. You're gonna use them for your ceremonies. You're gonna use them for uh, civil uh, disputes. You're gonna use them for judicial things. You're gonna use them for a moral code, how to live. That's what you're gonna use them for. But now the good news of the kingdom of God is preached. And everyone, say everyone. That's all people. Everyone is eager to get in. Everyone is eager to get in. It's crazy. So in other words, oh my gosh. In other words, I wrote down, when people get a glimpse, when people hear about the hope that was born in Bethlehem, when people experience God in the flesh, when people do that, they will run to the good news and they will never look back. It's good news for all people. Why don't people lean in? Why won't the church? I hope the church is so flooded on, on Christmas Eve. I hope people are begging to get in from the outside. I hope they can't wait to get on a gravel road to come out here. I just can't wait. But will that be the case? We'll see. Most, most years, that's not the case for churches. Why? Why? Why are they leaning in like they were back then? It's crazy. So the life and the teaching of Jesus, the story of Christmas, if it doesn't strike you as good news, or maybe someone you know that you, will, you wish was at church with you today, if it doesn't strike you as good news, it's probably because you, you grew up or you got a version of the good news that wasn't the original good news. Because the original good news, the, 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 the unfiltered good news of Jesus, it was good. I wrote the good news is a story worth telling and it's a story worth believing. And listen to me, the fact that we have the story is amazing. Do you know that? So understand something. To chronicle the life of somebody like, like Jesus, that's unheard of. Like 2,000 years ago, people weren't writing. Writing was difficult. A lot of people couldn't read, actually. So, but to write a story about something, the only people getting their, their story documented were, were rich, illustrious, maybe royalty, and they were paying people to do it. Jesus wasn't paying anybody to write down his story. In fact, Jesus was long gone by the time they start writing down his story. So, so, but yet people documented it. And not just one. Not just Luke, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And not just those four, not just the Gospels. Look what Luke says. This will blow you away. Because maybe you thought, there's just four accounts of Jesus. Nah, there's many. Luke 1.1, 1, 1, very first verse in the Gospel of Luke. Many, say many. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. Many people wrote about the story of Jesus now, 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 there's some that got, that got selected to be in his, his word of God, but many people were documenting it. So if that, that's crazy. Okay, it would be very expensive to do that. It would take time. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Let me say it this way, and I don't say this to make you feel bad or make me feel bad, but, but how many people are going to write an account of your life or my life? okay. I'm sorry, but it's not many, okay? It won't be many. Jesus had many writing the story about his life. It's crazy. Why were so many people documenting a story about a carpenter? A day laborer, right? That's what he was. They're documenting the story of Jesus. This, this, this kid that was born in some 
small town where people drive up and down Main Bethlehem? In, in some barn, right? By the way, when I wrote that down in the message this week, I, I got a thought in my head about Jesus. He probably got away with some things as a teenager that we won't get away with or our kids won't get away with, Jake. Jake, lean in, okay? Here we go. So he's getting nervous. You should. Um, so... Jesus, think about it. Jesus is a teenage boy, Jake. Mary, Mother Mary walks into Jesus' room, and it's, it's a disaster. I mean, you got Birkenstocks laying over there. You got robes laying over here. Tools are back in the corner. Mary's like, good God, Jesus. You clean this dump up. What, were you born in a barn? Jesus would be like, well, actually, Mom. Yeah, he just had an out. That's all I'm saying. So I digress. Um, so... Why was, it, why was it so good? Something good happened on the evening, on this Christmas day, this Christmas evening. And it was good. In fact, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll up it a notch because I think we can, it's God. Turn to two people and tell them it was better than good. Tell them it, w- it was better than good. Type it in the comments if you're watching online right now. I kid you not, I'm waiting. Type it now. Right? It's better than good. How good? Ask a paralyzed man. Ask him how good it was. One time, a guy who couldn't walk, his buddies thought the good news was so good that they, they literally put him on a mat and they start carrying him toward this man named Jesus. They heard such good things. Like, he, he's such a good teacher. He's such a good speaker. He's such a good person. He's, he's, he's so good. We got to get you there. Because something good will happen. So they trek to where Jesus is. And Jesus is so good that when they get to the place where Jesus is teaching this house, it's packed. Just what I want to see in church. It's packed. People are leaning in to the good news. It's so packed they can't get in. It's so packed that there are people all around the outside trying to get in. That's good. So they, because it's so good, what they're, get, what they're bringing their friend to, they'll do whatever it takes. So they scale the wall, and they, and they get up on the ceiling, and they start digging through the ceiling. That's how good what was, something was waiting for them. That's how good it was. They're scaling through the ceiling. It was good for everybody except the dude that owned the house, right? I mean, shingles and plasters falling. He's like, you know, I, I bought the hail insurance. I, did, I didn't buy the people digging through my roof insurance. Anyway, so, yeah, I missed that one. I didn't think that would happen. It did happen. They dug through the roof. They lowered their friend down to Jesus. And Jesus, he's so good. You guys, listen to how good Jesus is. They lower the guy down, crippled. It's obvious what he needs. Jesus speaks in Luke 5, 20. See, seeing their faith. God, faith, you can see it. Faith is action. Seeing their faith, Jesus looks at the young man and he says this. He says, young man, and I'm sure the guy's down there crippled looking at, yeah, yeah. Your, yeah, my, my legs, my legs, my legs. Your sins, what? Your sins are forgiven. My sin, Jesus, I didn't come here to get my sins forgiven. Ah, uh, I know, I know you did. That's not why you came here. Uh, you came here because you were paralyzed on the outside, but I see that you're paralyzed on the inside. See, that's what Jesus saw. He's, see, aren't you grateful that, that Jesus doesn't answer our prayers the way we ask them? Aren't you grateful that Jesus, he doesn't give us what we ask for, but he gives us what we need? I'm telling somebody in this place, Jesus Christ knows all your needs, and he's the only one who can meet them. He's it. 
your family, your finance, your area that you're praying for. Only Jesus can do it. And they knew it. Jesus, are you crazy? And of course, the religious people, we're not a religious organization, okay? We're a church-based center on Christ and a relationship. That's who we are. Why? Because of stories like this. The religious people see a guy, and this, he's just been forgiven. And they're like, what? Wait a minute. Let me check the, the code and the moral code and the ceremonial code and the civil code. No, 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 no. Who do you think you are? Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus is like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's like, yep, you nailed it. You got, you got it right. And Jesus is like, you know what? All right, all right, all right. I see you got a problem with what I did. So what's easier, for me to forgive his sins? Or, I'll, you know what? I'll just do both. Sir, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And the guy does it. Jesus is like, you want to see good? I'll show you good. I will heal him inside. I will heal him outside. This is how good I am. And, and, he, and he blows them away. And the people are like, are you kidding me? And don't miss the fact that, okay, I think it's safe to say that for the paralyzed man, it was a good day. He's pretty thankful that Jesus Christ was born that day in Bethlehem because it was good for him. But the only reason, don't miss this, the only reason it was good for him is because his buddies, his four buddies, thought it would be good to get him there. there, there he, there's nothing that's going to happen for that man if, his, if the guys don't care about him. Why, are we in, why, do, why do we pray about inviting people? I'm telling you, people that you know are paralyzed. They don't, they don't look like it on the outside. I'm telling you, on the inside they are. Why do we come up with these things like air fresheners and giving them away and making it? Because it's all about people and doing whatever. It they did whatever it took and it wasn't easy. They break through a roof. They dig through the tile. They dig through the mud. Why? Because they had to get to the miracle because they knew it would be good. It would be good. Oh, Jesus, you're going to do something. And Jesus is like, you ain't seen nothing yet. Say how good. Mm, it's a good question. It was so good, this good news, that Jesus said, you know what? I don't care who you are. You can follow me. I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I know what you're doing right now. You can follow me. You know the proof of that? A guy named Levi. You might know him as Matthew. Same person. Levi's his Hebrew name. Matthew's his Gentile, non-Hebrew name. So Levi, Jesus, talk about good news. Jesus rolls up to Levi. You know what Levi's doing? Sinning. Well, it was his job. He's collecting taxes. That's what he did. But, but very well known back in this day that being a tax collector, you're also corrupt. It's how you're making so much money. It's how you're rolling it. It's why you're one of the most wealthy people in the city. And you can get away with it. Okay, you're working for the Roman Empire. That would tick off a lot of Jewish people. You know, Levi, what are you doing working for the enemy? And plus, you're plus you're skimming from us. So Levi didn't have a lot of friends. So Jesus rolls up to Levi in his sin. And you know what he says? Follow me. And you know what Levi does? He follows him. This is insane. This is crazy that Levi would do this. And then Levi's like, well, where are we going? And Jesus is like, well, oh, let's go to your place. Invite your heathen friends over. We'll hang out and we'll have dinner. I'm sure Levi's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need to get home and kind of tidy up a little bit, do some laundry, clear my browser history, Jesus. Let's just kind of wait. Like, let's make it another day, okay? But no, Jesus, the funny thing about Jesus, you don't need to clean all that stuff up for Jesus. See, invite Jesus in, invite Jesus over, 
and he'll help you clean it up. But you come to him as is. Levi, don't worry about all that. I don't give a rip what your house looks like. I don't care how your friends speak. I don't care how messy they eat. That's why I could fit in. My God, I've got issues with that. So anyway, I, so it doesn't matter. So, um, so Jesus, and Levi does it. And don't think for a second, you, you gotta understand the gravity of this decision that Levi made. And I don't think he made it on a whim. I don't think Levi's like, oh yeah, you look like a nice guy, you know? I'll, you know what, I'll leave this, this lucrative business and just follow you wherever you're going, I don't even know. He didn't do that. I don't, it doesn't make sense. I don't, know what, I don't know what he had going on, Levi. A sickness in the family, a crisis maybe. Maybe the stock market was in a correction and the financial industry in his business, it was, I don't know. Don't know what it was. Here's what I do know. As soon as he said yes to Jesus, he, he can't go back to where he was. There was no turning back to the tax collecting industry. The Romans aren't gonna welcome him back. The other guys that were following Jesus at this time, four fishermen, right? Peter, Andrew, brothers, James and John, brothers, both come from a family business of fishing. Well, you know what? If Jesus turns out to be a psychopath, they could say, you know what? See ya, sayonara, heading back to my 401k, heading back to the business and doing what we've always done. They had an out. Levi, there is no going back. It's, it's over. For, and from an economic standpoint, I'm telling you, it made zero sense to do this. But from a life-changing standpoint, from a purpose-living standpoint, from an impact-making standpoint, I wrote it down. Sometimes you have to leave what the world says is good so you can embrace what God says is good. They're way different. Way different. We, we don't know good like Jesus is good. We, we, think, we say things are good in this world. They pale in comparison to what Jesus says is good. Say how good? God, you, can't, you ask good questions. So good that later when they're at Levi's house and the heathens are there, the Bible even says tax collectors and other notorious sinners. Not just sinners, but notorious. These, these weren't your average. They were, they were the lowest of the low, the bottom of the barrel. But that's who Jesus came for. And Jesus, they're, they're there. And the Pharisees, the religious people, the religious people, they see it. And they, they miss the miracle. They miss all the miracles they always do. And they look and they're like, and some of the disciples are, are outside and they're watching. They're looking in. They're like, why does, your, why does Jesus, your, your teacher, the guy that you guys seem to wrap around, why does he eat with such scum? Like, why does he hang out with such losers? It's, it, isn't that interesting? See, I just believe this, and I wrote it down this way. When you invite Jesus into your home, by the way, have you done that? Oh, but I'm at church. I know, I know you are. Me too. That doesn't mean he's in your home. That doesn't mean he's in your home at all. Okay? You're watching online? That's great. Is Jesus invited into every area, every room in your house, into that browser history that we talked about? Is Jesus invited in every area? When you invite Jesus, truly invite Jesus into your home, you're going to have critics. You're going to have trolls. You will. I, I promise you. I do. You will have people that say, why do you serve the way you do? A 10-month, you're there all morning? Really? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why, why do you give the way you do? This year in faith offering, you're giving that much? Why do, you, why do you hang out with the people you hang out with? We don't hang out with them. That's what they're going to say. 
Listen to me. If you're not being criticized for your faith, it's probably time to re-examine your faith. Jesus said, you're going to be persecuted. But then he added, blessed are those who are persecuted for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. That's good news. That's good news. We get our feelings hurt way too easy. We give up way too easy. These people are, were getting killed for their faith eventually. You're going to face persecution. Jesus, back to the answer. Hey, why does your teacher eat with such scum? What's your reply, Jesus? His, what, this is what he said. Healthy people, healthy people, they don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've not come to call those who think they are righteous, but for those who know they're sinners and need to repent. In other words, I've come for the naughty, and I've come for the nice, and I've come for the heathens, and I've come for those who think they're not. I, I, I've come for all people. It's good news for all people. This is why I came. I, so people, uh, uh, one person actually asked me about our, our series, um, What's it called? Oh, yeah, Christmas is for the naughty and the nice. It's good, isn't it? So, because it's not your typical Christmas maybe series like Joy to the World, even though we played that song today. It's just true. And the re how I came up with this was through a conversation with a guy across the table. And here's what he said to me. Christmas isn't good news for me, or at least it wasn't for many years. Like Christmas was one more reminder that, yep, we celebrate something that's good, but I'm not. Christmas was one more reminder. By the way, he was recently divorced. He said, it's one more reminder that I'm not going to be with, the, you know, my kids for Christmas. Christmas is just one more reminder that I'm living, now living a lifestyle that isn't of God. Like he was doing things of the world. So Chris, Christmas and family and dysfunction, Christmas wasn't good news. You know, that, that story that I just told you is not uncommon. Many people. It's one of the most depressed times of the year. Did you know that? But I thought it was the most wonderful time of the year. It should be if you understand the original good news. But if you don't, and the world is taken over, in your heart, in your mind, and in your life, it, it, it can be one of the most horrendous times in the world. And we want people to know you might feel like you're naughty. You might feel like you're less than. You might feel like you're worthless. But there's somebody that came for you. He's good. And he loves you. Jesus, why would he surround himself with Levi and these, these losers, the scum? He loved them. He came to change their thinking, what they say about themselves, what they think about themselves, what they think about the, their, their friends, their surroundings, what they thought about God. He came to change them from the inside out. That's good news. Say how good. It's so good. Even saying that word, isn't that what we equate Christmas to? Okay, kids be good. Jake be good, right? That's what we teach. If you're good, it's a good holiday. If you're bad, okay? The naughty and the nice list. If you're good, you're going to get a lot of presents this year. If you're bad, well, the elf on the shelf will murder you in your sleep. At least, at least that's what we told our kids. Is that wrong? I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't the best parent maybe. So um, it, it sure, it, they sure behaved, I'll tell you that. So it worked for us. Uh, but, so, but that's kind of how we market it. And Jesus says, if you want to start talking about good, like if you truly, like Jesus came to introduce us to a new kingdom, amen? Something that we don't, we're still trying to wrap our head around. Yes, we should be, do good. But Jesus says, if you want to talk about doing good, here's what I say. 
don't just do good to those that hang out with you, those that like you. He says, all right, you want to play the good card? Be good to everybody. You know what I say? I say, love those that are talking bad about you. Pray for those that, that, that persecute you, that post bad things about you. Pray for those. You mean, Jesus, you mean like the customer service rep this last week that put me on hold for 15 minutes and then came back on the line and just connected the call? I mean, I prayed for him, Jesus. I prayed you'd give him an eternal case of hemorrhoids. Did you do it? No. So, I mean, seriously. Oh, you mean pray for them in a nice way. Oh, that's what Jesus means. <laughs> Luke, if you get hemorrhoids, it wasn't me, okay? Luke 6.35. I don't know why I say stuff. Luke 6.35. Love your enemies. This is, the, this is words of that, that good guy, Jesus. Love your enemies. Who speaks that? Those three words don't even comprehend in our in our vocabulary do they oh it's good to say at church because it sounds good and it's good to post on insta because it sounds good i just don't like doing it i just don't like living that way love your enemies you want to talk good love your enemies do good to them lend them without expecting to be repaid then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the most high god so if you're if you're saved, like if you called on the name of Jesus Christ and asked him to come into you, forgive you, and make you new, it makes you a child of God. You're adopted into God's family. And, and Jesus just said, well, you want to act in that character? You want to live like you're saved? You'll do what I just said. Be acting as children of the Most High. And this next statement, for he, God, he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Wait a minute. You, you, mean, you mean God is kind to those who are, like, thankful and not wicked, right? I mean, the un, you got the un, just move the un over here, because that doesn't make sense. I mean, it's good news. It's good news for me, because I've been unthankful. I've been wicked in my life. But that scripture, it, for most Christians, that's a confusing statement. Do you know why? Because most of us don't live that way. We don't, if we're honest. The loving the enemies thing, uh, be kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. That's not how, that's, it's such a weird statement. It hit me so hard this week. I'm like, like I had to do a double take. Be kind to those who, he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. But I'm a believer. Oh yeah, you can be a believer and you can still be very unkind. You can be a believer and not love. You can be a believer in Jesus and be greedy, resentful, sinful, unfor unforgivable, not forgiving others. You can believe and do all that. Here's what I wrote. This, this is what God gave me because of that. I wrote down, if my faith, if your faith, if our faith, if our faith stops at what we believe or don't believe, well, that's not faith. If our faith stops at what we believe and don't believe, it won't make a difference. It won't make a difference. Only faith that leads you to follow will make a difference. And there it is. There it is. That's so key. The, the, let's go back to the, the, who Jesus called. Remember he called Levi? He called the fishermen. You know what he said to them? Hey, Peter, Andrew, drop your nets and follow me. James and John, drop your nets and follow me. Matthew or Levi, rolling up to the tax collecting booth. He, you know what he didn't say to Levi? He didn't say, you know what, Levi? Believe, here I am, I'm Jesus. Believe in me, 
cool, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. He didn't say that. He said, follow. It's, it's so different. I did a series on, it's, this, is such, this is so big because I think so many people, including me for many years, fall in the believe camp. They followed. And those people, you know what? Dion, you know those people that followed? They didn't follow because they were told to. They didn't follow because they had to. They followed because they wanted to, because they knew that Jesus was good and they knew he cared for them. They knew he cared. Don't miss that. They, they knew he was so different in the way he loves. God, let that be our church meadows. That people would walk through the doors and they're like, you know, I don't know. Had to take gravel roads to get here. That's not good. Pastor, he kind of spits when he talks. He's weird. That's not good. But you know, here's what I can't deny. Every time I walk through the doors, they love me. Every time I come, they love me in such a radical way. They know where I've been. They know what I've done. They know what I'm currently doing. But yet all they do is love me. That's what we want for our church. That's what we want people to say. God, we're far from perfect, but we seek the one who is. Jesus, he's good news. True faith doesn't just believe. I believed all my life. True faith follows. True faith follows. Following means moving. Matthew, Levi, unless you move, you ain't following nobody. Fisherman, unless you get out of the boat, you're believing in me, we're talking, you ain't following. This is where people miss it. And when I say people, you're looking at him. Jesus invites us to follow in such a loving, merciful way. Levi and his friends, they knew it. Why were they so attracted? They're unrighteous. Jesus is good news for the unrighteous. If there's any unrighteous people in the building, I'm bringing you incredible news. He was incredible news for the unrighteous. For the self-righteous, he was a threat. That's what he was. He was a threat for those who were self-righteous. Oh, by the way, here, here's, uh, this is, you want facts? You want to know what's, what's true and what's good? There is no such thing as a self-righteous follower. That is impossible. There, you know how many of those there are in the world? Zero. It cannot exist. Now, there are self-righteous believers. They're all over the place. The Pharisees, well, they believed. No one's out believing them. Trust me, they'll tell you. They're just not following. There's, there's no such thing as a self-righteous follower. But believers are a dime a dozen. Levi knew he was a sinner. His co-workers, they knew they were sinners, a table full of them. But they also knew that Jesus was good and they knew that Jesus cared. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Jesus cares about the people that nobody else cares about. If you walked in the room, if you logged in today and you thought this morning or whenever you're watching this three and a half years from now, no one gives a crap about me. No one cares about my struggle or my hurt. No one gives a rip about my depression. No one cares that I thought about suicide on Tuesday. I want to tell you something. There's, there's, there's a man who's good. And he cares deeply and desperately for you. Luke 2, 9. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. 
and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, ah, don't freak out. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news. That will bring you great joy, not just to you, but all people. A Savior. A Savior is for people that need saving. That's what that means. Yes, the Messiah, this anointed one, the Lord. He's been born today in this little podunk Bethlehem, the city of David. I'm telling you, the Christmas story is good news. It's better than good. Just like the gospel. Jesus didn't stay in the cradle. He went to the cross. And you want to know how good the good news is? It was so good that a dude that was hanging next to Jesus on the cross, <laughs> what started as a very bad day for that guy, turned into a very good day. The grace of God. The criminal on, on one of his sides is like, I, he doesn't rebuke what he's getting. He knows. I've, I've done harm. I deserve to literally die for my sin. He knew it. And he turns to Jesus. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures. I can't, I can't, it blows me away every time I even say it to you. He turns to Jesus, this, 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 this heathen, this notorious sinner. I wonder if Jesus even ate with him at one point. I don't know. And he says, just remember me when you enter into your kingdom. I mean, he's declaring by faith, you are somebody that is not, you're not of this world. You're, you're different. You're so good. I've never seen anything like you. And Jesus is like, you ain't seen nothing yet. You know why? Because today you and me, in about a few hours here, we'll be together in paradise. And, the, and you think that was a good day for a man who deserved hell and death? That's how I feel when Jesus reached down and touched me. I don't deserve nothing. I'm such a heathen. I'm so worthless. I remember saying that to myself over and over. I'm worthless. I'm worthless. I'm worthless. Today, you'll be with me. God, there's hope. Do you know that when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by faith like the criminal did, and you declare that, that, that he is God, the Son of God, and that you believe that he died on the cross, and, and three days later that he rose from the dead, the greatest miracle in history, when you believe that, that's the beginning of a new life. It's the beginning. The Holy Spirit comes into you and makes you new. You ask for, for, for forgiveness, he'll give it to you. And then you start, and then you get to start following him. You don't stop at belief. That's what this is we're talking about. You go into following. What does that look like for you? That's the question today. I'll give you some application before we're done here, I promise. But know this. Somebody today, somebody online, you're gonna type in the comments, I choose Jesus. I I, I choose to follow. I choose to surrender. I want what the criminal got. I want what Levi got. I want what his friends got. I want what the other disciples got. I want what the paralyzed man got. I want that. And Jesus says, you can have it. In the room today, like every week, connect cards. You can indicate your decision. If you're making this decision to follow, to surrender to Jesus, to call on his name and be saved, nothing is more important. Some of you know the story. We've talked about it before. Michael will tell you he did it and he saved today. Is life easy? God, no. Is it new? God, yes. How does a guy go from burning in a trailer and a church stuff to becoming part of the church? It's crazy. You guys, we had a, 
only God, uh, a podcast from Illinois that wants to interview us this week. So we, Michael and I go in and they, they want to hear the story of the trailer and how some guy jacked our trailer, stole it, burnt all of our stuff to the ground, and now he's saved and part of the church. So we're telling the story, and I always give Mike crap because I always learn new stuff when we hear the story. I'm like, I didn't know that. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like talking and carrying AK-47s around. I'm like, dude, you crazy. He, yes, he was. So, so, I, so you know what? A few couple new things I've learned over the past, well, it's been two years since it, since it got jacked. I didn't know. My, Michael was so bold. He's like, yeah, you know what? We, we stole that thing right in the middle of the day. And I'm like, what? You rolled up on our trailer in the parking lot? And it, we, I just assumed it was like two in the morning. He's like, no, nah, right in the broad daylight. And I'm like, either you are really bold or really dumb. I don't know which. I love Michael, so I'm going to say bold, okay? I'm going to give you credit for it. You're bold. Something else that I learned about the story months after it went down is that Michael wasn't alone. Like he had a guy with him doing it together. And we learned that, and that guy, we were, since I learned that, we'd been reaching out to him and reaching out and loving him and not hearing anything back. At least I wasn't. Michael wasn't hearing much either. Until three weeks ago, when the second party involved in the trailer theft walked through the doors of Meadows Church. Yeah, and he heard that good, he heard the good news of great joy. And he heard he could be forgiven. And he heard he could be set free. And he heard he has a second chance. And he heard that there's a God that is so, so good. He's a work in progress just like you and just like me. God takes dead things and he brings them back to life. The story of Jesus is good news for all people. Here's my prayer for you. I've already prayed this this week. I want to pray it for you again here in a second. I pray in my heart that you don't just believe. I pray you start there. If you, you, if you walk in here not believing, I pray that God will bring you to a point where you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died and he rose and that he can save you and set you free today if you ask him. For those of you, you you've crossed that line, but you might not be following like you know he wants you to. I want you to follow and I thought, God, what does that mean for this message? Because this message has a few things in it, right? I mean, there's a paralyzed dude, and he's, he's forgiven. And I believe God wants me to tell you that maybe you're harboring unforgiveness. And you say that Jesus Christ lives in you. And I'm not saying it's easy. This is one of the most difficult things that a Christian will ever have to do. But we read a scripture that says, love your enemies. Pray for those who have hurt you. Jesus said, and Jesus forgave. He forgave the paralyzed guy. He, don't even, he didn't ask him what he did. Not, well, come on, give, me, give it to me. Tell me how bad you were. He says, I don't care. I'll forgive you. That's what I do. So somebody you need to forgive. I said, God, what else? He said someone, and, and this is what I believe he's saying. God, sometimes I probably get it wrong, but I'm telling you, to follow means to take steps. You can't believe and not change. You can't believe and not take steps. What is the next step? Is it inviting? For, for, is it inviting to a movie to watch the story unfold before their eyes? Is it inviting someone, a neighbor, hey, you know what? My church is doing free childcare. You got 14 kids. Bring them. They'll take them. 
You go, you go party for a couple hours, do whatever you want to do. Come back, get your kids, make sure you're sober. We're going to do a breathalyzer on you. So, you know, we're safety. But what are you, are you going to invite somebody to parents' night out? Are you going to invite somebody to, to Meadows Church on Christmas Eve? Don't wait till Christmas Eve. Invite them next week. Oh, you just want to grow a big church. You better believe it. But it's not about growing a big church. It's reaching as many people as we can for the, the kingdom of God. Uh, we are desperate that people would know this good news. Why would you live this life of depression and anxiety and struggle and hopelessness and despair? You don't have to live that way. He's good news. God, embrace the good news. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray over I pray over the people here today. I pray over the people watching online. I think the message is clear, God. The original good news, before we tainted it, before we messed it up, before we got all screwed up ourselves, the original good news that the angels gave the shepherds, that unadulterated good news, it was good. And it is true. And I pray for the person that needs to embrace it. I pray for the one watching online or listening on their treadmill right now and they're debating, is this guy real? Was he really the son of God? Did he really die? Did he really rise? God, with a resonating yes, 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 declare it to them. And I pray that right now they jump off the treadmill and they call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and they ask you to come into them and make them new. For anybody in the room that they'll, they'll, they'll do the same. They'll indicate it on their cards. God, the, the, the urine faith offering, that might be a next step right now for somebody who's debating, what, what do I do? What do I give? Remember what it was? The amount doesn't matter. It's the heart. God, give us the faith to do what you tell us to do. It's never easy. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. It's just always worth it. Levi, why would you leave th this, this career where you're one of the richest dudes out there to give it all up? Because there's a man that was born in Bethlehem and he's good. And he loves in a way that we've never seen. And he forgives in a way that we've never seen. And he shows mercy in a way that we've never seen. God, we want to embrace Jesus today. He's our hope. Help us invite. Give us courage. It's hard to invite people, especially people we know sometimes. But you're going to speak to us. And you're going to tell us, give an air freshener. Give, a, give an air freshener. Give an air freshener. People are going to think we think they stink, God. I hope they don't think that. We're just trying to invite them to church. But Meadows, we're, we're not your typical church, God, and I think you're okay with that. As long as you're the center, and people know that we do this all for you and your kingdom. It was never about us. You save us and set us free so we can do your work and your will. God, I think there's somebody in the room today that is really in a desperate situation. I don't know. I haven't talked to that person specifically. I just feel a heaviness in my heart, and I don't know why. God, I just know that I've been there in church before and felt so worthless and so miserable. I can't even, I can't even describe it. And if that is the case, God, and if there is somebody here today feeling like I felt, God, help, show us signs. Give them the courage to pray with the prayer team. Give the person next to them a sign or an indication that maybe they should offer to pray. Whatever it is, I don't know. I just don't want anybody leaving here feeling that way. I don't want it. I love you, Father. We love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for Christmas. We're going to honor you like crazy. We're going to shout about you like crazy. We're going to point people to you like crazy. And we pray that we pray that it's such a movement, God, that 
I mean, it, it, you can't deny what's going on in your church through your people. We're messed up, God, but we're still your church. Thanks for loving your messed up church called Meadows. We believe the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I want to ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.